Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined of course by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And today is Literature Wednesday, which means we are uh, doing what we always do on Literature Wednesdays and we're covering uh, a few chapters in the book we've selected for the month of uh what, what month is it oh it's august my word month of august um so last three months we've been going through the chronicles of narnia series we are in book three there it is horse and his boy wait is it this side there it is yeah that's it <laughs> not upside down um and uh yeah this week we are wrapping up the book so hopefully at the end of this week friday we are going to be discussing um, the next book with um, my pastor back in South Dakota, Pastor Jonathan Hansen, coming on the show to chat about the next book with us. Um, but as always, we got to finish up the first, the one we're on before we can move on. So, um, yeah, we went through one, two, three, four, five. We're going to be discussing five whole chapters this week. Um, there's a lot to lot to cover there. But, uh, you know, before we do that, we have to do what we always do, which is discuss our verse of the week. And Wednesday, of course, means that Jacob does that. So, uh, dude, take it away. Yeah, and our verse this week is Proverbs 11, verse 14. And it says, where is there... Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. And on Monday, Bruce discussed the last little bit of this. I'm going to be covering the beginning section, uh, where there is no guidance, a people falls. And I like this one because it talks about a nation, not just individuals. Uh, we see a lot in Proverbs about individuals falling when they when they have no counsel but this one is specifically talking about a people a group of people peoples um <clears throat> when they have no guidance they fall um and we know this is this is very true for a nation when it's just one monarchy it tends to fail we, we look at multiple different uh monarchies that failed in our past history but um but this fact of speaking to a nation, um, and I wanted, I wanted to bring, I, I sort of wanted to bring this up on Monday when I was talking about leadership and what makes a good leader, in saying that he has a multitude of guide people guiding him, counselors guiding him, and that um, he has wise men around him telling him, "Hey, I think this is a good idea." Um, of course, all from a biblical perspective, because that's only that's where it starts. Um, but yeah, I wanted to give that give a brief talk about that in, and talk about that in, in relation to leadership. But hopefully that's a different understanding that people might take from these these types of verses that fit into that. I know I looked up multiple other verses that kind of referred to the same thing, but it was talking about individuals talking to individuals where you need counsel as an individual, but this one talking about where there is no guidance, a people falls, which where, where have we heard that before? That's, that come, that's talking about a people, a group of people, a nation typically is what it refers to. But yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great, Jake. Thank you. Um, so, of course, if you're new to the show, we break down a verse uh, once a week throughout the whole week. We do three episodes a week and current events on Monday from a biblical perspective, Wednesday, it's literature Wednesday, uh, and that's today. And Friday is our discussion topic Friday. And throughout the course of that whole week, we break down the same one passage, one verse, huh, hopefully one verse, depending on how the week goes. It tends to be more than one verse just because we can't help ourselves. And, and maybe we blab too much, but you're still listening to us. So we're going to keep on blabbing. <laughs> um, so like I said, we're going through five chapters. There's a lot here. Um, chapter 11 is the unwelcome fellow traveler. And this is kind of the unveiling of the last 10 chapters and some of the like hanging threads of like, oh, man, that, that was weird. Unanswered questions get answered in this chapter. So hopefully you've you've read all of these. Uh, oh, yeah, we should preface, by the way, that uh, you, we do expect that you've read through um, the chapters before we start um, going through them because, you know, we're not an audio book. <laughs> <laughs> we never are. We never claim to be. We never want to be. Uh, we're simply commenting on what some of our takeaways. So like we've said in the past, if someone were to ask us, hey, what, what did you guys think about these chapters in, in this particular book? This is our thoughts on these chapters in this particular book. <laughs> so, um, so we're not reading the whole book to you. We do expect that you've already done that and uh, are coming to this uh, episode informed. So, um, so there's that chapter 11, chapter 12 is Shasta in Narnia. Um, uh, chapter 13 is the fight at Anvard. Is that how you say that Jake Anvard? Yes. I'm going to say Anvard. It would seem, just go seem to be. Yes. I think that works. <laughs> um, and then 14 is how Bree became a wiser horse. And then 15 is Rabidash, the ridiculous, which is pretty hilarious. Um, these these last few chapters, I mean, th there was definitely humor throughout the whole book, but these last three chapters, I've highlighted a few sections that are just absolutely hilarious. Um, so hopefully you've read those because we won't give away the whole joke or the context. It might be a little confusing, but oh my goodness, absolutely hilarious. Um, so, okay, so chapter 11, the um, unwelcome fellow traveler, this is kind of where the unanswered questions about you know, the appearance of the lion throughout the whole book, they get answered um, in a really fantastical way. And you're not even told for a while. It's just super mysterious. Like it's foggy. It's dark. There's clouds everywhere. It feels like a heavy mm -hmm. blanket closing in on you. You're on top of the horse going through this fog. And then all of a sudden, you're just aware of a large creature right next to you. And you can feel the breath. And you just hear little padding footsteps. And then all of a sudden it starts to speak. And yeah. like, it's well, just no, this whole dramatic Shasta, scene. Shasta spoke first. And, right. And the lion was like, ah, I wondered when you were going to speak. Uh, <laughs> One who has waited long for you to speak. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? One who has waited long for you to speak. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so... And it's just, it's, it's uh, literally, he, we know who it is, but listed here as the thing. It's just, ooh, this mm -hmm. ominous. So anyways, that, that goes on for, for quite a while. And, you know, like, like we've said throughout reading through the whole book, um, there's a, there's a storytelling mechanism that's used that is a really cool one. Um, 
and it draws you in because a lot of times, so I, I, Jake, have you ever read GA Henty? I think it's GA, not GE. GA Henty. GA, yeah, um, I think it's GA. Yeah, he's an old British author. Um, but one of the things that he did was just like, he just went down all these rabbit trails, just like constantly. He's in the middle of telling a story. Oh, there's a ship setting out to sea. And oh, by the way, the ship's mast was this beautiful walnut looking piece of oak that was cut from the trees of this forest. Who, by the way, uh, uh, there was uh, this guy who lived in this forest and he had four kids and he and was like, no, 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 we don't care. Like, Get back to the, the ship and get back to the, the ship. ship. You know, like, yeah. So, um, so I think some people can be a little wary sometimes when you start to describe stories. So one thing, one thing that's really cool, we've been commenting on this whole book is Lewis used this mechanism where there's this fantastical outcome. There's this like shocking, uh, guy hanging upside down by his pants on a nail on a brick wall. What the heck happened? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so then, then he slowly goes back and is like, well, <clears throat> 10 minutes before this happened and then they walked down the path and then he fell over the side and you, you know all this stuff happened right so th- you're, you're kind of invested already he's got you the hook is in and then he's reeling you in so you're paying more attention to the story and it's it's really that cool because i think the, it's uh, the fight well no no that that comes in the, in the last chapter the the specific instance that you're talking about but yes yep, yeah 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 exactly exactly um so and that the whole book like we said before the whole book is kind of this big storytelling mechanism right where there's all these loose threads there's these fantastical things there's this um lion there's this cat that seems to turn into this lion and then back again Mm -hmm. and it's like oh we were just dreaming that up right then this lion attacks um you know uh, erevis and somehow she manages to escape and and all of these fantastical things happen Mm -hmm. um and we're left wondering what is going on right (laughs) um of course it's it's the funniest the funniest part being uh shasta says to aslan um oh don't you think it's so um so unfortunate that we met so many lions (laughs) and aslan's like you met one one line <laughs> right yeah yeah um yeah i know well, that's true too that's another good point is it's a, it's another recurring theme of like what was what seemed to be meant for evil was actually meant for good um and mm-hmm. that's fleshed out in the end um but then what's interesting too that comes up in these revealing i call these like revealing chapters because they're kind of revealing like what happened letting us in behind the scenes of what actually happened in all these different things instances but the interesting thing with this revealing a lot of these revealing chapters is that um not but just enough is revealed for one character and and that's something that comes up too um i forget the exact phrase but it's it's something along the lines of um this is your story um i don't when like shasta yeah i don't tell anyone's story but their own yeah Right, right. So, like, yeah, when Shasta was like, but why did you hurt Erevis? Like, what, what was that for? You know, like, why did you claw, you know, her back? And, um, and we find out later why. But Shasta isn't initially told why there, unless yeah. Erevis later goes to share her story. Um, yeah. So in that in that a sense, Aslan at that, point, at that point said, um, that is Erevis' story. 
Uh, do not tell yeah. anyone their anyone's story but their own. Yeah. Uh, so yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, later we're we're told that she was those were the lashings. Every claw mark was the lash was a lashing from the girl that she drugged earlier and took the uh, heat basically for her escaping and. You know, the blame was put on her and, and all of that. So, but it was Erevis's fault. You know, she lied yeah. and she said, oh, you know, it was not treachery, treachery, but, you know, she still had to face repercussions for that. Um, yeah. So, because she made an innocent girl get, you know, beaten. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyways, that, that was very interesting. Um, yeah. So, so there was, there was a lot said there, obviously not going to go into, I'd, did you have any more details you wanted to share in that chapter, or we'll just move on to the next one? Yeah, that's probably good. We got five chapter, four more chapters to go through. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, chapter twelve, Shasta in Narnia. Um, what were some of the highlights, Jake, in this chapter that kind of like stood that out to one you? Was probably a very good one and a very interesting one to pull cool. out something. Um, Do it. How? How a a people not in trials are a weak people in a sense mm. that they oh, yeah. have, that the people of Narnia, that the, the creatures of Narnia um, yep. were so used to good times because of what happened against the white witch and Narnia was, yeah. was under great times. Now all of the animals went back to sleep. They, yep. they didn't care. All of these animals were, um, walking with Shasta as he was walking and trying to talk to people, talk to the different animals. They were coming. Dwarves were coming. They were all like, oh, no, who, what are you doing here? Uh, who are you? You know, him telling his story, him telling that that rabbit ash is coming and all that. And they all just they all just kept following him, listening. Oh, oh, oh OK, that's interesting news. I, I did not know. Yeah, that. they were way um, less alert. They should have immediately alerted. You know, right. people hire and been like, hey, this is happening. We, we got to be prepared. Yeah. Right. Yep. And and Lewis explaining that they were they were weakened. They they did not right. think it to be as pertinent to them. Oh, that's probably yeah, that's, great of a threat. that's that's their um, that's their issue, not ours. Um, yep. But that is very interesting. Yeah. Makes you think. And this isn't current events Monday, but, um, <clears throat> you know given everyone everything that's going on it uh, yeah. certainly makes you think doesn't it so yeah uh, it was a good that was a good uh it's a good point i forgot about that part but yeah it makes a lot of sense um yeah so at this point in the story you know shasta's coming to narnia after meeting up with the hermit um and he met this up is with the, king loon as that's well that's right yeah met with king loon and then Followed them through the mist, but then got detached from them. Yep. They continued. Where did they continue on to? The, right to the They to continued the castle, to the think, um, right? to the castle. Yeah. So right. there were two yeah. paths, and um, Shasta figured Shasta um, saw the two paths. He didn't know which one they went down, so he waited in the woods That's for right. Rabidash yep. to go. And Rabidash went down this path, and he was like. Well, I might as well not go down that path. I know that's the way to <laughs> Anvard, but they, yeah. But I don't want to be right next to Ravidash and everybody. So he yeah. went down the other path, and apparently the other path goes through the mountains and into Narnia. So now he is on the other side of Anvard. And so 
Uh, yeah, so he finds himself in Narnia now uh, after talking to Aslan. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's where we are currently. Yes. Yep. Yep. For sure. And that's about right where that chapter wraps up. So, um, yeah, then we move into chapter 13, which is only two chapters, three chapters from the end. We're, we're really close. Um, but this is the fight at Anvard. This was, this was really neat. Um, you know, I think I've read, oh my goodness, several. I don't know if I could put a number on it. Let's just say several. Um, not war-themed books, but just books that, like fiction books that have a lot of war, right? Mm -hmm. This was one of the most interesting ways of portraying it. I actually liked it more than I've liked a lot of other books because a lot of other books, it's really tough to follow what's actually happening because you're, you, it's more of like a first-person view where you're like right in the heat of the battle and there's stuff happening and it's it's confusing mm. and you know you're you're you feel like oh you as the character is defending you're defending yourself there's someone attacking you oh you hear a shout oh no there's blood oh no you know all this stuff happens and then at the end yeah smoke clears and stuff has happened and then someone has to then tell you, you afterwards yeah. yeah exactly and then you just you know talk to someone else and they tell you oh this happened on the other side and this happened there but the way that lewis described it here it actually very much felt like um, like a sportscaster in a way. Mm, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's like that's true. Like <laughs> approximation that I can make. Um, but it was uh, it was the the hermit using it was like a looking glass type pool sort of deal. Um, and Erevis, Wynn, and Bree were there with with the hermit because remember mm -hmm. Shasta ran on to warn King Loon, um, right. and then he joined the battle. Um, oh, and who was the the little guy? I always think of him as this little guy, but he wasn't that little. Uh, Corin, I think it was Corin, right? Oh, Prince Corin. Uh, Prince Corin, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> dressed up because he just, he wanted so badly to be in battle. Right, right, yeah. And that was while he was in Narnia. He saw the armies of Narnia coming through to aid um, King Loon, and so he hopped in with them. Uh, Shasta did. Um, and met uh, uh, Prince Corin, and um, then he saw Edmund, Lucy, and not Lucy. Uh, no, he saw Edmund and Lucy. Um, he didn't see Susan, which Susan was in um, uh, Tashban. Um, mm. But Edmund was like, "Oh, you're right. You two do look alike." <laughs> um, uh, but so he hopped in with them and. Uh, Prince Corin was told, "Hey, you can't, you can't fight in the battle. I've been told by um, King Edmund that you cannot fight in the battle. You're not old enough yet. Um, uh, he's been put under the command of a dwarf. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was a, one of the dwarfs, um, an older dwarf. Um, and so all of that, but." So then they're coming into the battle. They're they're rushing down the hill into this this battle. There are a few other details that you should definitely read the book for as to more context into stuff as to how did Shasta and Corn get into the battle if they were told not to, you know, whatever. But um, uh, that's where you hear the hermit talking about, oh, what's this? 
coming from the top. It it looks like uh, yeah. King Anvard is is lose. It looks like uh, Anvard is losing. King Loon is having much trouble. I wish the Narnians were here. Oh, what's this coming from the coming from the ridge? There's there's uh, hordes of people. What what is happening? Oh wait, I see their standard now. It's a uh, it's Narnia, and you know all of that. But yeah, um, yeah. And then they then they join, and then you you hear it from Shasta's point of view a little bit. So you do get that yep. chaoticness. You do get that um that sense of like oh what's going on, and then yep. and then I think it goes out to fully the the hermit's view, out, talking about everything. View. Um, and I know you probably have some quotes from the battle that you thought were funny that you wanted to bring up. Yeah, I actually most of mine are after said. it. Um. But it was, uh, there was one, oh, what was I reading before? I wonder if I can find that. Yeah. But it was the hilarious. Him not knowing what to do with the description of, oh, yeah, right. Um, oh, yeah, like all that stuff was happening. And then the cats, the leopards come in. And then mm-hmm. um, what else had happened? Uh, oh, there's center lines all a muddle. I can see more on the left. Oh, there's, there are the two boys again. Uh, one is Prince Corin and, and back and forth. And then someone asks, what about Shasta? And he, the hermit goes, oh, the fool, poor, brave, little <laughs> fool. <laughs> he knows nothing about this work. He's making no use at all of his shield. His whole side's exposed. He hasn't the faintest idea what to do with his sword. Oh, oh, he's remembered it now. <laughs> he's waving it wildly about, nearly cut his own pony's head off. Um, it was hilarious. Duck, you fool. Oh, oh, he's down. And then they're like, what, was he killed? What? And he goes, I don't know. How can I tell? The cats have done their work. Um, and then let's see, where is it later on? He goes, um, I think, and you find out he's not killed, but I forget where that mm-hmm. is, but it was just like, um, yeah, he, fell, he ended up falling off his horse. And oh no, he has no clue but, how to use his sword. Oh no, never mind. He found it. <laughs> he's waving oh, it he's out. remembered it now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's hilarious. So yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty funny, but. But that's all yeah, from was, the hermit's perspective, talking about yeah. the battle and what's going on. In a sense, yep. that same that sportscaster saying uh, moment by moment what's <laughs> happening. Um, yeah. And you, that's where you hear this part of, oh, oh, look, the battle's ended and there's a guy hanging on the wall. Um, <laughs> what is go? He's flailing about wildly and everybody's staring at him. What? Who is that? What is he doing? Um <laughs> And so then it's explained again later who that is, what happened. Um, so, and we'll get to that at the final chapter because that's that's talking about what, who who that is and what went on. Or was it yep. the final chapter? It might have been this next chapter talks um, about what's going on. Yeah. Oh it, yeah. It is this next chapter that talks about what's going on. Let's see. Early in the battle, one of the giants had made an unsuccessful stamp at Rabidash with his spiked boot unsuccessful because it didn't crush Rabidash, which was what the giant had intended, but not quite useless because one of the spikes tore the chainmail, just as you or I might tore an ordinary shirt. So Rabidash, by the time he encountered Edmund at the gate, had a hole in the back of his hauberk. I assume that that's like chainmail. And when Edmund mm-hmm. pressed him back nearer and nearer to the wall, he jumped up on a mounting block and stood there raining down blows on Edmund from above. But then, finding that his position... Uh, this position, by raising him above the heads of everyone else, made him a mark for every arrow from the Narnian bows. He decided to jump down again, and he meant to look and sound, no doubt, for a moment he did, 
look and sound very grand, very dreadful, as he jumped crying, the bolt of Tash falls from above. But he had to jump sideways <laughs> because the crowd in front of him left him no landing place in that direction. And then in the neatest way you could wish, <laughs> the tear on the back of his chainmail caught on a hook in the wall. And he found himself like a piece of washing hung up to dry with everyone laughing at him. So mm-hmm. moments like that were, were, were really cool. Yes. Um, Super funny. So. Um, but I certainly, um, we don't have much time. So I think getting to this last chapter oh, yeah, true. is key. Dang it. Six minutes um, left. So I would like to first start out going into this talking about the, and, and this, the, well, actually, before we move on to that one, let's talk about, um, I mean, I'm not talking about the last chapter. That's right. There's one more chapter. Second that last. is, um, that is, what, what's the name of the chapter? Something about uh, Brie. Uh, how Brie became a wiser horse. Yes. Yeah. This, and this, this is kind hilarious. of showing, kind of showing <laughs> the, well, I guess you have some quotes to bring up, so I'll, I'll let you do that. Um, all I had was the, um, he's trying to justify the fact that there's no way Aslan could be like an actual lion, right? Like, no, that's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's no way yes. that that's, yes. that's possible. So he's coming up with all these different things and he's like, um, someone asks him, but, but is he a lion? And Bree is like, no, no, of course not. In a rather shocked voice. All the stories about him in Tashban say he is, replied Erevis. And if he isn't a lion, why do you call him a lion? And then Bree says, well, you, you'd hardly understand that at your age. And I was only a little foal when I left. So I don't quote, uh, fully understand myself. <laughs> and, then, um, uh, and then he's like, no doubt when they speak of him as a lion, they only mean he, he, he's as strong as a lion or to our enemies, of course, as fierce as a lion or uh, something of that kind. Uh, even a little girl like you, Erebus, must see that it would be quite absurd to suppose that he is a real lion. Indeed, it would be disrespectful. If he was a lion, he'd, he'd have to be a beast like the rest of us. Why? And here Bree began to laugh. <laughs> if he was a lion, he'd have four paws and a tail and, and <laughs> whiskers. Mm-hmm. And, then he, and then he starts to scream. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. How? For just as he said the word whiskers, one of Aslan's had actually tickled his ear. <laughs> <laughs> Bree shot away yeah. like an arrow to the other side of the enclosure and there turned the wall was too high for him to jump and he could fly no further Erevis and Wynne both started back there was about a second of intense silence and it's it's hilarious the um, um the explanation later, okay you're gonna go into it yeah go ahead Okay, so then later it says, Now, Bree, this is Aslan, you poor, proud, frightened horse, draw near. Nearer still, my son. Do not dare not to dare. Touch me, smell me, here are my paws, here is my tail. These are my whiskers. I am a true beast. Aslan, said Bree in a shaken voice, I'm afraid I must rather be a fool. Happy the horse who knows, uh, who knows that while he is still young, or the human either, says Aslan. Um, yeah. So that, that it, was an it, interesting... It goes on from there, but right, and it being interesting that that same correlation between the same thing that Christ said to what was it Peter, um, because I what was it Peter was saying how how can you be alive or how can when Christ resurrected, um, and uh, Christ said touch my wound touch you know here are my hands mm. you know all that um yeah. see that I am alive, um. 
in a sense, it's the same thing Aslan is saying, touch my, here are my paws, here are my whiskers, this is my tail, you know, yeah, yeah. I am a lion. Uh, so very, very yep. interesting that, that sort of dynamic. And of yeah. course, after that, you have um, Shasta coming in and explaining that he is no longer Shasta, but known as uh, Prince Cole. And mm. Prince Cole uh, being and it explaining who Prince Cole is. Um, I do believe that is this Core. chapter. I think right? it's Core. Core. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yep. Because he was saying that names names worked like that in in uh, uh, Aslan in sorry in uh, Narnia that the first name, the first child's name is a smaller version of the the next child's name. So Corin, um, and the first child is Cor. So Cor then Corin, uh, hmm. but um, yeah, but he's now King. Sorry, not Prince Cor. Uh, and that all being a shock and everything, and him asking Erebus to uh, be with them at the him his father King Loon asking Erebus to be with them at the at the palace, and Bree and Quinn going off into Narnia. But um, then we get into the last chapter, and I would love to get into this one if you, there's isn't much more that you have to say. No, nah, go for um, it. The last chapter being, in a sense, the trial of uh, Rabadash. Yep. Um, and this is very, very interesting because it shows the power of Aslan and it shows the um, him saying to Rabadash. So Rabadash is brought before the whole court of, of uh, Anvard. Uh, and actually, uh, Edmund is there. Uh, Queen Lucy is there. And... So they're talking to Rabadash, um, and he is pushing against them. He's he's um, not denying their claims, but what was it? Um, oh, saying that they he would no longer attack um, Narnia or um, Arkenland. Um, but Rabadash saying, no, I will not agree to that. I will not agree to that, or, or whatever it be that he was saying. I forget, forget exactly what the what the point was that he was supposed to agree to, but he wasn't doing it. That's, that's the main mm-hmm. gist. But Aslan, and then I, I think it was the room got dark, wasn't it? And Aslan appeared into the room and was talking to uh, Rabadash. And of course, yeah. Rabadash saying demon, demon, this is, um, this is the demon of Narnia. This is Aslan. Um, and so Aslan keeping cool, obviously, but, yeah. um, he asks, in a sense, asks the same question that the that the Arkenlanders and um, and the Nonians ask, and of course, again, Rabadash does not agree. So then, uh, Aslan turns him into a donkey and says, "You must walk back all the way to um, your home, to your uh, to Tashban." And he said, there is a way for you to no longer be a donkey. And so he explains the way, but that he has to humiliate himself because he goes before the whole, there's, there's a well in Tashban, which is in the center of everything. And he has to go to that well at this certain time where everyone will be there at the well. And he he can turn back into Rabidash, but the fact that 
he was a donkey is humiliates him in a sense. Yeah. Um, but I think it explains later on that he, and then it said he can no longer, if he turns back into a man, he can no longer go outside the limits of Tashban. If he does, he will turn into a donkey and never be able to become a man ever again. Yep. And I think it just said that he did do, oh, no, 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 he didn't do that. He didn't do that. Because it said that he became the king, the the he, most peaceful king there ever was in Tashban. Yep. Because he, he could can never, never venture outside and he never <laughs> wanted to have his armies go outside because yeah. it was so notable in Tashban that if a general or or um a vizier got fame from a battle, they would be able to overthrow the king. They yep. would have enough enough fame to overthrow that king. So he never wanted any vizier or any um, person to get that enough fame. So he yeah. never sent any of his armies out. So everyone stayed, and it was some of the most peaceful times in <laughs> in Narnian history. So, yep. uh, and what was it? Um, Rabadash uh, was then used from then on as a as a um, derogative as a term, term. Derogative term, yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't yep. be King Rabidash or whatever it was. Second. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So. Dude, thank you for that wrap up, Jake. That was really, that was really well done. Um, yeah, that's about all the time we have today. But um, this was a really cool book. I enjoyed this. I forgot so much that happened in here. It was like I was reading it for the first time, which was really cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this was great. We hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, and uh, yeah, you can get a head start on the next book, which is Prince Caspi. And we're going to be discussing that book with um, my previous pastor, who was in uh, Pastor Jonathan Hansen in South Dakota, on hopefully on Friday. Let's hope. And um, we're looking forward to kicking that off. But thank you all so, so much for watching or listening to us. Don't forget, send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. Check out our show website where you can watch all of our episodes for free, trdshow.net. That's trdshow, the Reformed Dissenters, trdshow.net. And we are looking forward to seeing you on Friday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs>